This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Tuesday, March 1st, and this is Season 6, Episode 26 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Tommy. What's up? And Sam. Hey, hey. So we are recording here live at the Atlantic. Uh, we've just finished watching Middlesbrough, and uh, obviously th- that probably has us down. So I just wanted to see, do you guys want to talk about anything? You guys are doing a trip to London. Maybe that's a better conversation than, than this match today. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I'm really excited to take the trip to London. I mean, obviously, like, personally, I, I need a vacation, just need some time away from, well, not only Chicago, but, you know, maybe the United States in general at this point, you know, go someplace different, do something new. Um, can't say I'm too excited to see Spurs at this point, but I hope that kind of changes by the time we go to the the match. Well, and you guys are going to Burnley, right? Uh, so... Some of our English listeners, maybe you guys can meet up. Uh, yeah, I would say we'll definitely see Shubes there. Um, I don't even know. Who, well, I don't even know what other English listeners we have. We we have some. Or he probably ha- or he probably spread the good news about us, but I've I've never met them. So, but uh, yeah, we'll be ready. So I would say aside from Sam and I going, that's on the podcast. Uh, British, well, both British Joes. Um, the others. British Sam, uh, I think that's probably the only people that we have on the podcast. Yeah, well, well but we but we got a we got what Mike's going to. Oh yeah, Mike. I did forget. Sorry, Mike, but yeah, we're we're coming. He's what coming it, as well. And then we got about 15, 16 people. Come, yeah, for Chicago Spurs. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, so we'll be we'll be there. We'll be loud. We'll be proud. Um, don't hate us. Like Sam said, I'm more than ready because I think – I don't know if Sam was going to be on, but I was going to go in 2020, but, of course, the pandemic hit. So it was supposed to be my gift to myself for graduating grad school. So I'm more than ready to go see some old friends, make some new ones, and have some fun times. And we'll definitely let people know when the trip's getting closer. So if you do want to catch up and meet some people from the pod, we, uh, we'll let you know uh, when we're – when a group of us will be there and and yeah. potentially ways that you might be able to meet up right before the match Actually, or something. Well, not to uh, throw Sam under the bus, but he's doing our Twitter account now. So I'll probably just have him, like, what we have planned before the match is we're probably going to do, like, a bar crawl or pub crawl of some sort. So uh, I'll probably just have – give Sam, like, the itinerary and be like, hey, this are probably the times we're going to be there. You'll probably know who we are because – we're going to be sticking out like sore thumbs as Americans, but yeah, yeah absolutely, you know. yeah, more more than willing to share that with all our our it, listeners in England, whether you be from London, Manchester, or should I say it, Middlesbrough? <laughs> uh, yeah, more than more than willing to uh, share that out and meet meet you at some point on the high road. Come on, you Spurs! Yeah, well, great. Uh, 
I'm glad that you guys are going on the trip and a great way to avoid talking about matches this week, but we do have to get into this topic. We were originally going to talk about today's match first, but I think we're going to put that off for a little bit and go with our normal format, our normal order, and we are going to talk about uh, the Burnley away match. Uh, so midweek match, uh, this was the makeup match uh, from when they, we got snowed out in December. Um, it, the weather was clearly crummy as it is at Turf Moor, always, but I think especially so this time. Uh, very ha- hard rain, poor conditions, um, and unfortunately, I think it was poor performance as well. And and it it was kind of depressing because this was an opportunity for us to uh, to after the, those two home losses to say well let's pick up some points on the road and uh, let's make our case that we can fight back into the top four conversation. Um, but we weren't able to do it that day. Um, so I'm going to let Tommy uh, start off by talking about this match a little bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> excuse me. First things first, I was messaging my Burnley friend James throughout the match and we just, we did not look good. Um, the only real bright spot was, unfortunately, the 10, maybe 5, 10 minutes that, uh, before Burnley had their lone goal slash winner. Um, I thought Kulishevsky was actually very creative. We just didn't – other cylinders were not firing. So, it – that sucked. And then once that goal happened, it just sucked the life out of us. And we just kind of reverted back to the norm of the first half. And – just generally speaking, like we just didn't look good. Um, I mean, we'll talk about that with Middlesbrough, of course, because it, it felt like something similar. I think we all knew coming in, Burnley was, you know, they're fighting to get out of the relegation zone. They were, they play a very standard way of, or they have a standard way of playing. Um, nothing too exciting. What you see is what you get, but the way we play, like, we don't, it's hard to pick that lock, so to speak, just because Burnley they're rough or they can be rough and tumble. They're physical, um, and it's just it didn't work well. So I mean, did I predict to win? Yes. I mean, on paper, I think we can all agree that we should have beaten Burnley. Um, unfortunately, based off of the stats and Burnley got the win. It's I mean, unfortunately, they were the better team. And people have been saying, like, you know, during the uh, broadcast of the game and even with Middlesbrough, like, oh, you know, push for top four or against Leeds as well, pushing for top four. And I'm like, I think with this, we need an act of God and then some to get top four because we are just so inconsistent. And the, the other thing that kind of sucks is that Antonio Conte has been playing more or less the same squad for the three matches that we're going to review. The biggest issue for that is because of some injuries and also because we have a lack of depth. So, unfortunately, against Everton, West Ham, and the other games in the future, we're probably going to see a, a similar lineup um, until whether it be Skip or Bencourt come back, then that'll probably line things up. But we're just going to have to – unfortunately, I've kind of made peace with that, and we're just going to have to deal with it for the time being. Well, in the, the, this one, we did have Emerson start as opposed to Doherty, which the other two we'll, we'll talk about later. 
like he he did start, but other than that, the uh, we were looking at pretty much the same um, lineup. And you know, I think it would have been easy for us if it hadn't been for the prior results to write off. This was shitty weather. This shit happens at Burnley, but we can't afford for it to happen anymore because of how cons- inconsistent we've been. And and th- those two drop games at home uh, the prior week uh, just put us in the position that this was a must win, um, which is not what you want to be in. Uh, Sam. Yeah, like, you know, obviously we've been inconsistent. I mean, and and to me, like, the thing that sticks out to me is, you know, obviously we looked much better in the second half against Burnley up until their goal. But at the same time, we can't go through this match without talking about, you know, what would have been without Rodrigo Benker's injury. I mean – you know, from what I've seen of him, he's he plays a little bit differently from from all of our other midfielders. In particular, he and I noticed this from the first minute I watched him. He looks, especially against pressing teams, looks for space near the ball. And then, as soon as he gets it, is immediately looking forward, trying to um, find a way to get it up the pitch and then immediately we'll start moving afterwards you know we didn't get to see enough of that in this game unfortunately but um i mean it's you know hindsight's 2020 you know i mean i i you know i can't say the game would have gone differently if he was in there but the way that burnley played in the second half you know, he may, he may have been able to more or less match their intensity, and we may have been able to create something. But it's really hard to tell with, you know, we still have inconsistencies and lack of depth at other positions. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's one player. Well, and, We've got 11 guys on the pitch. And we, and we weren't that good in the first half either, and I think the uh, – the extremeness of the the weather at times forced us into making much shorter passes, um, which didn't favor us at all in, in that first half, which uh, even I think Bentacor was in, impacted by that as well. Yeah, I interesting you brought up the weather. I mean, aside from like, you know, playing cold and cold weather in uh, Burnley, but uh, so I was at the bar last what Wednesday and Peter was a uh, loyal listener. Peter was here. And he was telling me that, like, uh, against Southampton, it's like, I wonder what our record is against, you know, playing in the rain because it feel like we play, just play like shit. And I think that actually makes a lot of sense just because of the players we have and the style we play. It doesn't suit a playing, like, with a sluggish ball and not, like, we have to play under more favorable conditions, you know, above 60 degrees, clear skies, you know, no precipitation, et cetera. And I've noticed with, against Southampton, you know, we were leading and then we lost the lead. Lost, of course. Burnley, we just looked terrible in the rain. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it, it I'm not in, I'm trying to find a correlation because it does make me wonder how we, in terms of the rain and, or any kind of bad weather, I guess, it's, you know, just the, how you said, the way, way we play, it just doesn't suit our style. Yeah, like, I, I, and I completely agree with that, you know, and plus, 
for the most part, if you play our style, you know, in England where it regularly rains um, more often than it does in the United States or, or anywhere else in Europe, you're probably not going to fare very well at all. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it probably depends upon the, the match and the competition. And obviously, Burnley's used to playing in uh, shitty weather. And they are playing kind of a rough-and-tumble system, as we would say, which probably uh, benefits them in this type of crummy weather. But even the Bentacore injury was due to a sliding in the, in the rain. That, um, like in, in more power to him. He, he stuck it out in... in and played the rest of that half um, despite the, the injury. But you, I, I thought it was going to be a season-ending injury when I saw him go down, to be honest. But it, um, but it obviously wasn't quite that bad. He was able to get up and play the, the rest of the, the half. But, um, but I think you have to be able to adjust when you're playing in that, those weather conditions, and it can't always be the, the same style. And I think we're really set up just to – um, and, and that's not any fault of Conte. I think he knows how we have to change things up at times. Um, but like uh, we, we've just had a personnel problem all season. Like our personnel is meant for different coaches, and we're trying to get work them into a, a comprehensive new system. And you're spending all that time to, to work out a system that might not work in those weather conditions, but to try and train something else into them in well, one week time for just that match. How do you do it? Yeah, I completely agree there. It's you know, we're you know, we're we're playing something completely different than what we're used to playing. That you know, this, you know, three at the back, two midfielders, um you know, two wing backs, but and let's face it, like most of our um all of our our full our wing backs were purchased to play full back at some point in time. You know, it's it was really. I was very optimistic that we brought in Conte. I, I I still really am, but at the same time, yeah, we don't have quite the personnel to bring in to uh, really play his system. Just based on the fact that we were, when I've said this before, like we weren't able to bring him in during the summer. We brought him in, you know, halfway through the first half of the season. Um, not much time given at all, and he's actually done very well with, I think, what he has. Like, I, I think we'd be much, much worse if he weren't there. Yeah, if this was Nuno, still at this point in the season, I think we'd be in a much darker place for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of want to change the subject though, because I mean, weather. Yeah, that's one of the factors, but that really shouldn't be a full excuse, of course. But one of the things that I maybe or that kind of surprised me is uh, Burnley's new striker, uh, Weghorst, or Veghorst, or however you say it. Um, I knew about him because he was signed from Wolfsburg. You know, my friend, he talked about him. And then, you know, he was the replacement for Chris Wood because he went to Newcastle. So it made me, like, I've noticed in the past, the previous games that he did play, like, he was giving them good chances, and, like, he – I mean, realistically, like he was—he didn't score, but he was their MVP, and he tore us apart. And Bur- I'm not saying Burnley looked like world beaters, but they definitely looked like they were—they could compete and have a fighting chance with that. And with him, it showed. Yeah, I, 
I, I fully agree with that. You know, this is a this is a guy who's been on the radar of several um, top clubs who are vying for European competition for some time. Um, I remember reading about him um, back when Harry Kane was injured in 2019. Like he was touted as someone who was going to be a backup for him. Um, so we've been linked with him in the past, and of, of course, didn't fall through. I'm not going to get into that right now. So, and he, he regular regularly plays on the uh, Netherlands national team. You know, yeah. as as a striker, that's that's no joke for them. So, so I wasn't necessarily surprised at you know he didn't score a goal, but wasn't necessarily surprised at the effectiveness of his play. Yeah. Um. Any final thoughts on this match? I mean, um, we don't have any goals to, to talk about. Um, uh, any final thoughts before we go to MVP, LVP? I mean, I, I kind of wish I could make a farting sound right now, but I can't <laughs> at the moment. So, Yeah, let's, I'll just say what we discussed is probably the most of it. I mean, what else is there to say? We didn't look good or we didn't look great. We had a little bit of a shining moment that things were about to heat up. Burnley scoring kind of just washed that away, reverted back to normal. And we didn't really recover. Uh, for me, I mean, I was telling my friend, I'm like, you guys deserved it. Fair enough. My only wish is that if if you guys, if Burnley beats us and they survive, great. And hopefully their status in the Premier League is sealed before we pl- or by the time we play them um, in May, only because every time I've seen Spurs at the st- at in uh, North London, we've never won. So hopefully we can slaughter them next time. Yeah, well, good good news on that. The one time I've seen Spurs in North London, we won four 0 So I'm kind of hoping to bring my good karma with me. Oh, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we want Sam's karma, not Tommy's. Um, let's go to MVP on this one. If we can pick anybody out who kind of stood above uh, the fray, um, uh, let's start with Tommy. Yeah, I'm I'm biased, of course, but I'm going to say Kuliszewski. I think he had the most creativity out of anybody. Um, Kane's son did not look like their Sunday best. Uh, Defensively, I think we were okay for certain parts, um, but I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it to Dayon. That, that's a good show. Uh, Sam? I'm going to go with Romero. I mean, obviously, we look so much better when he's back there. Um, even even going forward, we look so much better. Like, you know, the way, the way he has the ball at his feet and – um, his athleticism and speed, he, he just makes us so much difference back there. Makes us a whole lot better. Well, and he certainly looked good most of the match, uh, but I'm trying to see, remember if I, I'm mixing up my matches. Was it like a, his misplay that led to this uh, goal? Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I know he was, he was yeah. partially, he was largely responsible for the Middlesbrough goal, so. I think that might be what you're thinking of. I, I don't even. Rem- it was a week ago, so I can't even remember who was responsible for that one. Yeah, same here. Yeah, like, kind of all of a blur. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it's not Romero, it's Royal at like, this point. <laughs> he, he looks fantastic, and I love the way he g- gets forward and um, 
especially with three center backs, like uh, when he's the one man not marked, he's he's not afraid to charge forward with the ball. Um, so I do like the way he plays, but uh, he does seem like he, he's still getting into the uh, the league, and there has been a few errors that have led to goals um, since he's been uh, returned from injury with us. Um, I think on a whole that's going to work itself out, and maybe some of that is partnership that we need to have, and we need to have a midfield in front of him that, that can be effective. Yeah, most uh, definitely. Uh, but um, – so I don't think it's a problem with him, but I, he, he has uh, led – his mistakes have led to a couple of goals, and it, it might have been somebody else's mistake first that he was trying to cover for. But um, I, I think i got to go with Tommy on this one. Uh, um, Decky's my MVP as well, just because I think he did uh, uh, step up and he had some creativity that could have led to uh, – um, Goal opportunities, uh, not that there were many of those in this match. Um, let's go to LVP next, and we'll go back to Tommy. Yeah, I, I'm going to – unfortunately, I'm going to have to give it to Sun. Um, I think we, we all love you, of course, but we all know that you're, you're either going to be very hot or very cold, or you're going to be cold. So, I mean, we're going to talk about Middlesbrough, of course, and Leeds, but – Right now, this is that stretch in the season for me that he's cold. Uh, I mean, you, you definitely see the effort is there. It's just the execution was just less than stellar, let's just say. Um, so I don't – but, yeah, I'm sorry, son. I'm going to have to give it to you. Okay, uh, Sam? Yeah, I'm going to give it to Sun as well. Um, he's very cold. Um and it, it's almost at a point now where, you know, you get excited where he's got the ball in the box and he's got it at his feet, and then it just all of a sudden it just dies right then and there. We even saw it a couple times today against uh, Millsboro. Very disappointing. Yeah. Um, I th- I think I'm going to give it to Emerson. Um, no, I, I again i don't think he's a a wing back and and we're playing in a system where we need wing backs and um and we had to take him off and um um to to put on uh, uh lucas mora um late later in the match in like the 65th minute um and i think that was due to the fact that we certainly need to make a change at that point and like uh we we ended up taking off both of our wing backs in this match uh to uh, for, for more of like wingers uh, but um, I just don't think he's good enough at the job that we need him to do in a Conte system unfortunately um, yeah. I, I hope we can someday find him a good home uh, where he can play a, a right back because I think he's suitable for that role um, and, and maybe get some decent value back for him to the right team. I, I don't think it was a mistake buying him for Nuno. I think it was a mistake uh, planning on Nuno being around for a whole year is what the mistake was. So Emerson wasn't the right fit. But, but for me, he's my LVP in this one. Um, let's go switch the conversation to a little bit more of a positive t- topic. And let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, leads. So uh, we went into the weekend. This was a home match, and I felt um, that this was one that I think we stack up very well against. They're, they're not very good. 
they were on a bit of a free fall. Uh, Bielsa was not um, not winning matches. It was, um, but he still sets up in a system that that attacks and comes after you, which favors us, who has a much more talented attack. Um, and I was feeling pretty good about this match, despite the previous performances that we 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 had prior to that. I mean, yeah, we had the good City result, uh, the bad Burnley result, uh, but then we had those two home losses prior to that. So we've been in this kind of mixed up place, but we came into Leeds, and I was feeling pretty good about this one. And um, and and I think it was entertaining. Uh, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't the best performance I've ever seen, but. Um, but I think it was a, a pretty good, um, uh, pretty good match in general for us. What do you think, Tommy? Yeah, I would. I think. Well, first half we looked great. Uh, I think the biggest thing for us is the story for Spurs this season is that we don't score goals early on, and you know we got two goals within 15 minutes with you know Doherty and Kulishevsky. Which has been great. So that, so well, actually, that tells me two things. Um, how are you saying? With you had high hopes for this match. Say, so do I, so did I. The reason was is because um, Mauricio Pochettino is a disciple of uh, Marcelo Bielsa. So he plays an open play. He he likes to attack, and that's and unfortunately, that's kind of the uh, live by the sword, die by the sword attitude because that's what he does when it works it it's pretty when it doesn't they get fucking slaughtered which is what happened and so when we scored those two goals early on it forced their hand even further because i mean they're from what i remember they're not in the relegation zone but they're like 15th so they're still they still needed at least a one would think they needed at least a point to get uh to have a somewhat satisfactory result unfortunately for them it wasn't the case uh Overall, I'm pleased with the result. My only issue is later in the match, there is just kind of some things like they're kind of suspect, like, you know, Hugo coming out way far, far out of his box. I'm like, what? and I love Hugo, but I'm like, what were you doing? You know, and he just didn't look or it was just a big clusterfuck, let's just say. And then later in the match, we kind of Ben Davis saved the day there. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And but no, but the other thing though is like at times like you know Leeds were still attacking of course because that's all they know, but um, at times it looks like we fell asleep at times. So <laughs> while on paper we won four nil, you know if you're a Spurs fan you missed the match, great, but you know last what 15, 20 minutes of the game I don't it was because of the end of that it wasn't a complete performance. Where we had total domination, but overall, I'm not. I can't complain too much. We beat a team that we needed to beat, um, and you know that's all she wrote. Yeah. Well, and we also saw in this match, um, th- this was the the match where Son and Kane combined. Um, uh, they p- surpassed the uh, the next uh, um, the the next two. Players that uh, I'm, I'm I'm flubbing this, but what I'm trying to say is that as a combined goal scoring pair um, that, that combined together for goal assist, um, they they have the record in the Premier League now. They they just surpassed the other one, which I think was uh, who was that? That was a 
like Lampard and somebody or some something. Yeah, Lampard and Drogba. Uh, yeah, Lampard and Drogba. So pretty, pretty big for the two of them to be able to combine that much. And it might be that just the sheer amount of minutes that they've gotten to play together over the last several years, but. Um, but still an accomplishment nonetheless, and it happened in this match. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go ahead. And, I mean, was I impressed with our play? Um, not not necessarily, but was I glad that we won? Oh, absolutely. Um, we really um, did take care of what we needed to do in this game, which was win and and win big in in the league, which we were at a negative and goal differential at this point. We got a clean sheet. We won 4-0. Great. Um, one thing that I saw that went right was the wingbacks in particular. The um, against um, with um, with uh, Doherty and Sessegnon playing. The, the link-up for that first goal was fantastic, and they were really creating and attacking – the entire game, which is, in my opinion, really the first time we saw like a, uh, a Sessegnon and uh, and Doherty like Conte wing wing back system playing um, correctly to to where it was. I think that maybe more or less due to like Bielsa's system really fa- failing in that game, but at the same time, it was good to see that. On on the negative side, we weren't really the best defensive team. You know, we already mentioned like Ben Davy saving the day. Uh, the post saved us saved the day at one point. There was a there was a ball that hit the post and then just bounced the right way right into one of our players' feet, and we were able to clear it. So really, it wasn't really the best defensive game as far as like a clean sheet goes, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree there. Um, I think we need to give um, Decky his due here. Um, I think this was a great performance for him that day. Um, I, I think it's worth spending a couple minutes talking about him and how he did on, uh, on the day as a whole because I think this is this is probably the peak of what we can expect out of him. Like, and we, we've seen a guy who already has – what is it? Three goals for us right now in the the uh, oh two two goals in three starts uh, for us. So that's uh, probably a better record than anybody else that we've brought in in uh, in recent years. I mean, Bergvine had a couple goal, goals early on, and then we didn't see anything from him for a long time. So I, I'm sure certainly the jury's out, but um, but I think it's what we've seen so far is good. Yeah, certainly the jury's out. Um, I know Tommy's a massive fan, but um, but from what I see so far, in my opinion, he has the staying power to be a very good player. For instance, um, all the things that take time and practice, whether it be the shooting, the crossing, the, the passing, um, he has the physicality to take on the defenders, um, um, but... Just all those like all those things that I mentioned prior to that, those are the things that really take practice and a lot of hard work, and which really have staying power. I th- I think you know as long as he's with Spurs, he's going to be a fair player. Yeah, yeah. I'm not to toot my own horn because I've always loved Dion 
first since I first saw him at Parma a few years ago. But I'm like, you know, technically sound. He, he he's very physical when he has the ball. Like he doesn't bounce. Like he doesn't lose possession easily. He's able to keep it kind of similar. I'm not saying as great as Moussa Dembele, but you can see some similarities. Um, and like I said before, my only real it's not a beef, but it's he's not as he's not like he's not a burner, so he's not as fast, but he's got he's okay. But he can close down a little bit, so that helps. Um, but everybody says, like, you know, when Erickson left, you know, Bergvine was technically signed as a replacement. But technically, we got another Scandinavian uh, winger. I would say this is probably his more appropriate successor. I'm actually more surprised that he scored two goals thus far in this handful of games just because from what I've seen at, like, Parma, Atalanta, and Juventus, he hasn't. He's not really this known as a scorer. Probably when he was at Juventus, he had Ronaldo, so he was the one getting in the goals. But and I known him more as a facilitator, even with Sweden, like whether it be Isak or um, Marcus Berger, whomever. Like he was the one helping facilitate. So I think to help or earlier on in the season when Harry Kane had when he was in a little bit of a drought, like him. If he can keep scoring some goals, like you know, every other game, especially when Sun is as that drought as well, this will help ease the workload from everybody. So it's a very welcome addition, let's just say. So how Sam says, I'm just, I'm hoping he can maintain this, and then you know, eventually, if we do, if if this loan is permanent, he's going to look or he can reach a new level. That's well, the plan, at least. Well, and in, in to answer Shub's question, I don't think Tommy is going to be having any Malort shots or anything like that. I, I don't think there's anything that we're going to be set up forever. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Shub's all or anything like Shub's that. Shub's all preface. Um, well, a I got a, I got a song. Um, so when you so if you're coming here in April, you'll hear it. Hopefully, you'll like it. Um, Sam liked it and he was singing along. And Jeff, um, he's been on decent amount of times he like he was singing along to it so at least people were singing it so hopefully you'll like it um secondly with that uh i'm a bit of a cheap date i don't know i'm not really a big drinker so i'd have to be really in the mood to uh have some uh malort but <laughs> if, if we win a trophy i'll 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 have a few i'll have some shots of malort and if deck or of course if decky's involved let's have shots of something better if than malor if well, we, if we, uh, no well, kidding if, if decky score if Dayan scores the winning goal we got to honor him by drinking some malort i mean fair enough fair enough or aquavit i don't know does the atlantic have aquavit uh, maybe not we can make sure that they yeah, buy yeah if bottle. not i'll i'll bring a bottle <laughs> or we could do absolute or svedka that's good call yeah okay well um Let's uh, – any final thoughts on this Leeds match? So four goals, um, lots of players combining pretty well. Some mixed performances, though. Definitely the end of the match could, could, could have been better, but we got out of it with a clean sheet, which the first clean sheet in a while. And uh, the, the first match that we've scored this many goals in a very long time as well. Um, we just haven't been a high-scoring team – 
for quite a while. So for us to capitalize off of a couple early goals, um, it, it's what we've been lacking. So I think uh, in that regard, like, this is this was a, a an upbeat performance that we can be a, a little excited about. Uh, but as we'll see when we get into our uh, second half, uh, uh, we have less to be excited about coming up uh, as well. Uh, if, final thoughts on this uh, this match against uh, Leeds. You know, a win's a win for us at this point. Uh, we got it 4-0. Like I said before, yeah, there were bad points, but – the same time we were able to make up for those bad points with some amazing plays whether it be from like ben davies um um you know saving that goal from hugo or um or the 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 great cross that just landed at harry's feet for for the third goal you know job done got it done when we needed and it was uplifting at the time yeah, and we and we got Bielsa fired for this uh, this performance. I guess yeah. that's something. Um, I do want to briefly mention so uh, the Burnley match. Like as we went into this, there was that press conference uh, that Conte made, a kind of uh, negative coming into this Leeds match. So getting a victory on that uh, on the weekend following that, where he was saying maybe I'm just not good enough <laughs> or. or Maybe I'm not as good as everybody thinks, which was kind of a weird way to address things. I think we needed to have a big win after after that to uh, to kind of reset things. Uh, so in in that regard, I think this Leeds match was kind of uh, mission accomplished. But um, but uh, the inconsistency is just going to become a, this roller coaster. I think for the rest of the season, unfortunately, is is what we're facing. Yeah, I don't. Him saying he's not good enough, that's just mind games. He's what he knows he's good enough. You know, uh, Prox, he knows he's good enough. Daniel Levy knows he's good enough. That's why they went after him. He's not down on confidence. I'm, I'm more than certain of that. It's because of the current crop of players, the lack of depth, and the fact that, you know, we got some injuries right now. So I think that I think it's pretty obvious that. Conte saying this is the way of him telling Daniel Levy, open up the purse strings. I need to be back. If you want to win, we can get the right players. If so, we can get a good chance of winning some to- winning some trophies. I, I don't think it's 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 not. I don't think it's that hard to dissect. It's he's. I'm not saying he's trying to play a game here, but it's like. See the forest from the trees, or the, you know. So it, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not taking too much stock into what he's saying. Of course. Well, he's also trying to get a reaction out of the players. As oh yeah, well. or the players like we. Are, or yeah, the other thing is like players probably like we are good enough, or we can compete a little bit. You know, we. You know, with you coaching us, we can potentially reach new heights and so forth. Yeah, definitely. I I do think that he's. Yeah, he's really saying, you know, saying, though, you know, he's trying to get to the players. He's trying to get to Levy. But at the same time, this is at least the third manager we've had that has that has said, you know, the current crop just 
and the lack of depth. It's just not enough to compete on multiple fronts, especially when you play in the English Premier League, which is by far the, the toughest and most competitive um, domestic league on earth. You know, to you know to compete, compete for tops four, let alone the league, and then like the domestic and European competitions that you're in on a regular basis. You need like decent squad turnover, and and at the very least decent some depth every year to really you know to you know you got to be able to play in in Europe midweek and then come back play a tough team play at Burnley on the weekends. Yeah, fair enough. Props to him. Yeah, I I think we've all known this and we've addressed this you know in the past where. Under Pochettino, like we went through three transfer windows and didn't sign anybody, and I'm, and even, I think we all knew at the time we probably didn't want to say because we were flying high at the time. Like, we, they would, I would, like I remember saying, I'm like, we need to sign somebody because we need turnover, we need to reinforce, you know, complacency, whatever. And unfortunately, because, and I, I mean, I've said this so many times, but I'm like, I, I don't. I mean, if you want to blame Levy, if you want to blame Pochettino, whatever. But, I mean, in hindsight, those three windows, that bit us in the ass. And, you know, we're reaping the rewards of it right now. So, it's, I mean, hopefully Levy learned his lesson. We got, at the time, the best free agent manager. He had credentials. He has, you know, the coaching ability. All this other stuff. He's he's got his right hand man as director of football. We got to go for it in the summer. So hopefully that's the case. But I mean, well, well, only time will tell. Well, and what was unforgivable about those three windows is that at the time we were trying to be a team that builds up from within. That we we have our youth talent come up and pl- we didn't even do that team. though. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, you need to bring in young players early because the, 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 the players that – if we're only bringing in young talent and not ready now talent, which is what Conte wants, like, um, if we're bringing in young talent, then they're going to be ready to perform now. And, and that, that's why we're suffering so much right now. And we've got – I think what Conte is saying is we've got to shift this summer to buy for now. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's where we're paying for it. Um, lest you remember that, you know, hate or love this guy, um, at, at at the end of the summer um, was 2017 window, we were in line to buy Jack Grealish from Aston Villa for 20 million pounds. A player I was a little bit skeptical about um, because he hadn't played in the Premier League yet. But he came in the Premier League. He was really everything for Aston Villa. Um, he sold for what was it? Hundred million. A, a, yeah, hundred million to to City in the summer. And we could have had that in summer 2018. You know, would he have made an impact right away? I I'm not sure. Would he have been a um, Would he have been a good player right away? Who knows? But at the same time. We kind of know at this point he would have been at a a very good level, you know, and to a point possibly where you know maybe the sting of losing Musa Dembele 
in winter of 2018 didn't wouldn't have hurt as much, or maybe we let Christian Eriksen move on in in the summer for maybe maybe more money than we got him for. Um, you know that that's you know we talk about like positive squad turnover. You know we don't want to lose players like Dembele or Eriksen, but at the same time, you know we've got. At that point, with contract negotiations for both players, we kind of know knew where their heads were at. We, it it was kind of, it was kind of time to think of some kind of contingency plan. Yeah, and and now now we're in this place that even Conte can't dig us out of, um, kind of dark times. But at least we got this Leeds win to to build off of a little bit and. Um, and obviously uh, things aren't great in uh, other competitions, which we'll get into in the second half of this. But I think this is probably a good place to go to MVP on, on Leeds. Um, so let's start with uh, Sam this time. You know, so many good things in attack. Um, you talk about four different goal scorers. Um, I kind of... I think I kind of got gotta go with Harry Kane, um, the way he creates. He scored a great goal. Um, it's a little bit too obvious, but at the same time, I kind of think that he, whenever where the attack is going well, he's there. Whether it be to create, like we saw against uh, City, or score goals, he's always there. I'll give it to him. Okay, uh, Kane, it is uh, Tommy. Yeah, I'm in definite agreement. Um, you know, Kane had everything. Like, I'll, I think this game could have been five six nil if a, if some of his passes actually connected, because he had a lot of passes that were in open space, and then eventually, like you know, just some players weren't there. And I I'm not horribly surprised just because we got Conte what in November, so a lot like just the players gelling into this new system and the style of play. That's going to be the growing pain, but I mean, if this was this, if this was next season where they had a a season or a half uh, three quarters of a season under the belt, they had a preseason. It could they it would have been a full out slaughter. Um, I mean, honorable mention, of course, Dayon, but I, I also another one that would be I'd have to give it to Doherty. I because th- I think Doherty actually played really well. I think you can kind of see what's happening when you actually give him a run of games. He built some confidence and actually looks good. He had, a, you know, previous to that, he had a decent string of run of games, looked fine, and then, I mean, even without the goal at the 10th minute, I still think he played very well. Yeah. So I, I would I would say, like, I mean, overall, though, it's got to be Kane. Well, in, in he having a wingback play as wingback, I mean, there's, there's something to be said for that. We know he hasn't looked good in – and even when he was given early opportunities in wing back, he didn't really step up to the plate. But now that he's had some time to train with Conte, it was nice to see him get the the first goal too in this match, which was uh, yeah. which, which was big for him. It definitely boosted his confidence. Which uh, and and maybe he's the guy that we go with until we can buy somebody better um, rather than Emerson at this point. Um, uh, I think I'm going to agree on Kane, uh, but yeah, the same honorable mentions as Tommy, uh, um, um, Decky, and and Doherty definitely deserve our high regard for this 
this uh, performance as well. Um, let's go to LVP next, and we'll go back to Sam. Um, I'm probably going to go, and it's really hard for me to give it to him considering this was a clean sheet, but I'm going to go with Hugo. Um, even he, he clearly could have cost us a couple goals here. Um, and it's a shame because I really think that his play has, you know, made us a lot better over the past couple years, probably than it has in his entire career. But he clearly made some mistakes in this game. He was bailed out by both the post and Ben Davies, as mentioned before. But I, I mean, it, for me, it's kind of clearly him. Yeah, it's harsh to say, but he did have he he has had a, co- a few weaker performances recently, and and but for some luck, he 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 could have been the reason that we gave up two goals. So I'll just jump in and say that he's my LVP as well, uh, uh, Tommy. Yeah, I was gonna say none, but I'm like you guys do bring up some valid points, so I will say Hugo. Um, there are some hairy moments, like you said, and I mentioned earlier, but. I mean, it might be a little unfair just because how Sam said because of the cleans, clean sheet. But I I mean, even so, I'm like, he's the last line of defense. I still want him to be on the top of his game, whether we win 8-0 or if we lose 3-0. And those goals weren't his fault. So it is what it is. Well, and I think like Winks, who is a normal person that we pick on, had an okay performance here, considering that yeah, obviously he's not our first choice yeah. in that role. But um, I think this was a match that was, it was okay for him because it, beca- the ball was moving fast. Yeah, and I think, well, British Rick, he had a point before. It's like, you know, Winks, he shouldn't be an everyday starter. He shouldn't be that guy you should always rely on, but he's a situational player. Playing against Leeds, playing against an open team like this where he won't get manhandled and slaughtered all the time, this is one of those situations that it was fine to play him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Well, um, any final thoughts before we go to half? Okay, well, I think that about wraps up the half. So the second half, we are going to field one last question. Um, we are, we and then we are going to talk about today's FA Cup loss at Middlesbrough, um, and then preview the upcoming Everton match. But first, we are going to go to Tommy's week in Spurs history. It's time for Tommy's week in Spurs history. Hi everybody, I'm Tommy, and this is your week in Spurs history. On February 27th of 2014, Spurs defeated Depro uh, 3-1 in the Europa League round 32 second leg. Spurs were already down by two goals on aggregate when three goals were scored in 13 minutes to seal the win. Christian Eriksen scored the first goal and, um, and Emmanuel Adebayor scored the other two. February 29th of 1964 was one of the few times Spurs played on leap day. Spurs defeated Birmingham City 2-1, and goals were scored by Cliff Jones and Jimmy Greaves. March 4th of 1992 was the birthday of former Spurs midfielder Eric Lamella. He'll be 30 years old this year. Lastly, on March 4th of 2007 was one of the classic London derbies in recent time, and personally one of my favorites. Spurs beat West Ham 4-3 in a seven-goal thriller. 
Spurs were down 2-0 in the first half before mounting a late winner by Paul Stalteri. Additional goals were scored by Jermaine Defoe, Tamu Tanio, and Dimitar Berbatov. I'm Tommy, and this is your week in Spurs history. Well, thank you as always, Tommy. Great segment. Uh, uh, Sam, you want to jump in with something? Yeah. You know, it, you know I, I just wanted to say kind of like off, not Spurs-related off-topic. You mentioned the win against Nipro. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we know where that is. That is in Ukraine. We here at the podcast really give our thoughts and um, best wishes to the people of that city and country. Um, I got to say, that's uh, really all I got to say about that. No, here, here. I think most of the world is, uh, is standing with Ukraine right now, and we obviously don't get political very often but i don't think this is very political i think this is uh, something that the the world uh, is kind of standing behind so i think it's okay for us to to speak up and say that yeah um it's kind of dark times there but um but we're we're behind them as well and and i've enjoyed when we've had matches uh, that we played there in ukraine as well even though the conditions sometimes in the the winter aren't so great but it's it's always been a fun experience to have those matches uh, in Europa uh, League to 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 go there and 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 have that experience. So so thanks for that, Sam. Um, but um, I want to roll into the second half, and we are going to talk about Middlesbrough. But we do have one question that kind of goes towards a little bit towards Burnley and the low block uh, and and kind of our. Uh, mixed match performances but i think it's a good place to start the second half so let's go to big bird's question tommy thanks anthony um again this is from big bird uh his question is what basic skill are we missing as a team that make us so damn feckless against a low block we're rock stars against city and leeds but we're chumps every time against burnley southampton etc yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? I th- I think we've talked about it a little bit in the first half that like it there there we're set up to to play well against an open team that's attacking us, but um but but we lack the creativity when there when a team is does have a low block and is playing a bit more defensively. Um, we need to be the team on the counter and uh, um teams that overcome that that are at the top of the league have just raw talent that they can find a creative way to score a goal and I think that's what we certainly lack right now we just don't have enough of it to get there I mean Harry Kane is fantastic Sun can be great in his day um, and even uh, Decky's looking like he could be a creative force but it just doesn't seem to add up to enough right now um, to to accomplish it and i think we're going to be on this roller coaster for a while of up and downs uh sam yeah i want to kind of speak to that like yeah we do lack that creativity um in the final third particularly in the conte system from the wing back position you know we um we began to saw it against leeds with of all people um both sessignan and doherty i th- I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing them start more games from here on out. And even though Regulon is still my preferred player at that left wing back position, um, um, but also like in the midfield as well, like we need, we seemingly need to find a player who can create a pass in in the final third. Um, um, but I think we're go- we're going to get better um, as. Skip and Bentecourt do come back from injury. 
there there is some hope there. Yeah, I think Ben Kerr, he's from what I've seen, he looks like the guy that would be the person to help. Um we've kind of talked about it before where you know, we never really had a true successor to Musa Dembele. I think he's the guy. He can pick out the bass. He can uh, hold up possession for a little bit, and that's what we need. I I think how he said before, like, you know, Harry Winks isn't the guy, but I want to see how him and Harry or Oliver Skip play. I think it has the co- potential combination to do really well for us. Let's see, of course. Um, I think our biggest thing is – and I, uh, Big Bird, I don't, since we don't know who you are, I don't know if you've been to the bar. So if you ever do come to the Atlantic, please uh, introduce yourself. I, I have met him, uh, he, and he d- has been to the bar before. Okay. But um, but I just wasn't get since he doesn't use his name online, I wasn't going to use his name. Fair on, enough. Yeah, on I, the don't, yeah, yeah I don't want to out you. So maybe we have crossed paths and we've talked. But uh, anyways, so <laughs> if you ever hear me at the bar, I'm always yelling. I'm like, why aren't we crashing the box? And we'll talk about this with Middlesbrough. It's like, and I know this is a recurring trend recently. I've definitely noticed is a whenever we counter or whatever, we don't have enough white shirts coming into the box. We need that first. We definitely need that presence in the box. B, we need people that can cross. Um, I think Kulishevsky can cross, but he doesn't do it that often. He usually dishes it off or takes somebody on. Um, Regulon, he can cross a little bit. Sessignon, from what I've seen, he I haven't really seen it. Um, Royal can cross a little bit, but he's a liability defensive-wise. Um, Doherty, I mean, I guess he can kind of cross a little bit. I so I think for us, if we're gonna if we're gonna dislodge this little block, we need more presence in the box and also people that can actually cross into it or Bencore. Some a central midfield, somebody in the central midfield can do those pinging passes, kind of like what Toby Alderbrill used to do back in the day. Um, and the biggest thing for me, I, I mean, I'm no expert. We're all armchair quarterbacks here, of course. But take as many chances as you need. Maximize your chances. One of those bound to go in. I, I, one would think. The other option, I think, is, and we'll talk about this against Middlesbrough, but we have to go we always have to think counterattack we have the speed and we have the personnel to do it i'm assuming antonio conte is instructing the players otherwise but i'm like that's another way to beat them i the way i the way i think of a low block is think of it as a, a zone defense in college basketball they're going to keep moving back and forth you know side to side and wherever based on the person that has the ball so for me the way to beat that and of course, armchair quarterback here is wait until you see that little seam or you know somebody that defender slip up. Then you go in through that avenue and then create your scoring chance that way. But again, what do I know? Well, and and yeah, to your point, like what we saw with Leeds, like Leeds man marks, um, so that that creates an advantage for us because we can pull them out of shape constantly. But when a team doesn't leave their shape. Uh, that's where we struggle. So you have to make them make a mistake, and I think that sometimes that's that's going at them, uh, f- forcing an error. Um, it, sometimes it's taking shots from distance, and sometimes it is just catching them in a counter situation, uh, rope a dope, get them to come far forward, and and then uh, get past them fast. And Conte does seem to work on 
clever passes through the midfield, but we see it fail a lot like we did in this Middlesbrough game, like where we were constantly resetting, constantly uh, when we did try and go on the counter, um, we would ping the, the ball a couple times and then somebody would, uh, w- would lose the ball somewhere in the midfield before we could even get to their final third. And that's, or if they got on us too quickly, we would just try and reset and, and, and come back at them again. Um, so we, we were never making that many creative attacks in this Middlesbrough match, which it was a very frustrating match to watch, especially against a championship side physical side but um but one that we should be able to handle and beat um even at their home um this was just a frustrating match to watch all around and we didn't have the weather excuse like we had <laughs> at burnley to to blame it on um uh sam yeah um with this match again it was tough to watch but again it was very much to me, it seemed like we were playing Wolves or Southampton again. This was a team that presses us um, in the middle of the park, which we normally don't do well with. Um, we were better with teams that you know attack forward, play high line, and virtually let us create open space. Again, you know we're we're not very good at finding our own open space when it comes to that position. And grant, you know, we had our chances in this game. I felt like we had a few chances. Um Lumsley, their goalkeeper. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I thought he had a very very good game. Um the kind of game that a championship keeper would need to have in an FA Cup against a uh, Premier League team. Like he, there are a few few open chances that we had that he stopped sometimes we kicked it right at him but there were times where he did make a great save I think it was that um last uh Kulushevsky chance where he just the ball just slipped right by him but oh, he the had back the, heel, yeah. yeah back heel he had the he had the awareness to scoop that up but you know again like they, there's there. It was just a matter of matchups. They were able to to beat us based on their style of play and our style of play. Well, and when you go over the the ninety plus minutes with this extra time, they looked like they were still up for it after uh, like you know at like a hundred or a hundred and ten minutes. They still looked like they were gung ho and ready to go for it, and we we looked. Uh, completely knackered at that point mm-hmm. in this match and and we needed to, to to be all there all the way there until the end and we just certainly weren't in this match yeah I'm, I don't know it's just it was very frustrating I know that the fact that Middlesbrough is a lower a league below us like they're going to be more rough and tumble and physical fair enough it's just I mean, the from what I saw on the field, the one word that can describe the majority of the team was listless. Just looked like they weren't really motivated or didn't have any passion or anything. I mean, in their head they might have been. But it just – I don't know. It, we did not look good. 
and any you know how you guys said Middlesbrough where they were up for whether it be the home crowd or just the fact that they were the giant killers previously with Manchester United now us I mean fair enough I mean they they kind of wore us they wore us down essentially and they got the goal and the thing that bugged me about the goal is I mean I guess I'm partially blaming Romero from what I've seen but like they overloaded that side and he just got lost in the shuffle, which created that goal. And, I mean, fair enough to them. It, I don't know. Like, my only saving grace is, even though we're not looking good so right now, this does mean less games for us, which definitely aids because of the lack of depth. This could help us push for a Europa League spot. I mean, I don't know if we want it or not. Maybe fourth place if we're up for it. I don't know. You know, that remains to be seen, but... I mean, realistically, just because of the squad we have and, and the injuries that we have with Bedenker, Skip, Lucas Moore right now, less games the better. We can focus on every on all Premier League games for the rest of the season, and that's the real, that's the only silver lining that I can really take because we just everybody looked like like for the most part everybody looked like utter shit, and I mean, like I said before about Burnley. On paper, we look like we're the better team, but depends on will and want, and by the looks of it, Middlesbrough wanted it, and they willed themselves to that win. You know, I, I kind of agree with that being a positive, that you know we have more, more chances to focus on the Premier League. We can really move – we can, you know, focus on the games there and then try to move up places, get a strong finish to the season, whether it be – you know, whether we're in 7th, 8th, 6th, 4th, you know, hell, hell, whatever. We can really focus on getting a strong finish and then talk about that, uh, you know, building into, the, building into the next season. I mean, as much as I would love to win a trophy or, you know, an FA Cup would be fantastic. Um, really, at this point, you know, as late as we brought in Conte to the season – you know, it really might as well be about building into next year and seeing what we can take care of, whether Conte or Kane are here or not. It, it's really all about, at this point, just building into next season. Right. Yeah, well, because that funny you mention that. Because, I mean, Antonio Conte is more of a win-right-now type of manager just because of his pedigree and what he's been do- doing lately, whether it be with Inter, Juventus, Chelsea, etc. But... It's kind of similar to the 08-09 season with Spurs. Like, we, you know, we had two points in what seven, eight games. Bringing Harry Redknapp made a few signs. We got Wilson Palacios, who was great for us at the for that one and a half seasons. And then, you know, we got Jermaine Defoe back. We got Robbie Keane, who knew so great. But we brought in these players to set us up for the following season. Got a FA Cup semifinal, qualified fourth, got us Champions League. So. I mean, even if we didn't qualify for Europa League, like, if we don't do qualify for Europa League, I definitely don't qual- want to qualify for Conference League just because, you know, what's the point? But, you know, if if we don't qualify for Europe in general and this sets up, this sets us up next season with a bunch of new signings, look better than ever, look very good, have a good base, we got Kulishevsky, we got Bencore, et cetera. You know, and we do well next season, whether it be FA Cup, League Cup, Premier League. 
then I'll take it. But but I think the problem is if we don't have Champions League, we're not going to be drawing in the, the Conte talent that we need. Some people will want to come just to play for Conte and, and play in the t- top league in the world. But those top players that, that want their big contract, that want, want to play for a winner, um, we're not going to be able to attract them if we're not at least fourth place and have Champions right. League to offer them is the problem. And, Absolutely. And Europa League, we're in a little bit better position, but I'm skeptical of whether we can accomplish those goals over the summer well, if, if, we, don't, if he, we don't find a way to qualify, which is the long shot at this point. He, if I'm an up-and-coming player, like if I'm like, I don't know, I'll use an example as Holland. I mean, he's not coming here. He's probably going to go to Barcelona. But, for example, if we're talking to him and we don't qualify for Europe, and Conte's like, you know, I want you to play. I want you to pair up with Harry Kane. Light the league up on fire and whatever. My biggest concern is Antonio Conte. And hear me out when I say this. His contract is technically for, like, what, three, four seasons? But he – but uh, only, only two. Well, but here – yes, but he only – he, but the re, the last two are options, so he has until the end of the twenty twenty three season. Like if he doesn't, if he wants to leave, he can leave. So if I'm a player that's coming in, I'm gonna be like, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can to help you succeed. But how do I know if you're only gonna be here for this season only? Are you gonna be here for the next few seasons? Like what what's like is is Conte gonna say if we win a trophy? Or, like, what happens if we don't win a trophy? And that's hinged on that. And he's like, you know, if we don't win a trophy, I'm going to leave. Because, I mean, realistically, he can go anywhere he wants. He's a, If he doesn't leave or if he doesn't win anything at Spurs, and based on the current crop of players that we have, it's not like Jose Mourinho. His, his reputation is still intact. So, from like if I'm signing and I know Levy's not want like it's gonna take a lot for another team to sell to buy me. I'm like, I'm gonna ha- I, I would want to have Conte here because that would, in theory, give me the best chance of winning. Because like, say if we save this experiment blows up in our faces, who are we gonna? I'm like, who would we sign after Conte? You yeah. know, so. We're not going to be able to get anybody who's yeah. So there yeah. are because Other than of that up and coming coach that wants to prove himself. So to finalize my argument is, there are so many moving parts to this, and the biggest one is Antonio Conte. Is he does he stay or does he go at, at the end of t- the in the spring or in the summer of twenty twenty three? We can't. It remains to be seen. We we can't make a mistake here. Is what right. it comes down to like you know, all all the moving parts you're talking about. Uh, they've they've all got to fall into place, or else uh, we're we're up shit's creek. Yeah, like, well, and that's one thing I kind of feel from what I'm reading via like all the uh, new social media, whoever's saying it, is that um, we have got to back him now. And I think if there is ever a time to back a manager now, it would be this summer transfer window with the amount of free agent uh, quality uh, free bo- free transfers available, guys available on a Bosman. You talk about uh, Dybala, Frank Kessie, 
you know, grant, you know, they're going to want big contracts, but at the same time, you got to be forward and, you know, present them that contract, present them that plan where they fit in the plan. And then um, also let them know that they're going to, that you're going to be making some big signings along with yeah. them as well. Well, the big thing with that is, with the signings in general, you got to make these signings early. We can't do Levy time bullshit. We got to in- integrate these players in as quickly as possible. As May, well. May, June. Well, you, obviously, you can't really make it official in May, but you got to well, do with, it. You well, got to do it in June. Agents because, yeah, but that's it. But we have to change the way that we do business fundamentally. Is what it comes down to. Like we we have to make quick moves. We have to we have to pay large salaries to to players, and that might be players that are are uh, we, that we don't have to pay a transfer fee for, and that's where we get our money back. But we have to throw the uh, the, the wage structure out the window that we've been operating off of, and and pay these players coming in um, what they expect to be paid, or else we're not going to get them. And that's the only way Conte gets who, who he needs. And so it, we really have to change fundamentally how we do business. And I hope Levy and company are up for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was the reason, part of the reason why Erickson was not willing to, start to sign a long-term deal when his contract was about to expire was, you know, we were willing to offer the wages, but there was, you know, clearly no plan to to uh, at least it felt to me like there was no plan to go along with that you know who are you going to bring in how are you were you going to how are you going to make this team any better and you know i mean obviously when that was going down the line we we signed three new players Sesson Young Indomble Lacelso but let's be honest how did that work out well, and I can honestly see what we're doing here. Like, we're doing anything but talking about this match. Yeah. And we did, we did the same thing with Burnley in the first half. But, I, like, ultimately this is more important than, uh, th- than the match. Like, we can talk about that the, the son looked kind of weak and didn't finish his chances. We can talk about that um, um, no, nobody really looked like they had the, that – the, the fierceness that they yeah. needed to, to get past this, like, knockout competition. Or, like, you know, Sun looked like shit. Kane, he had that – he slipped on that free kick, which was actually very close. Or, no, the first one was bad where he slipped. But, like, the second one, you know, it, was actually, it got saved. You know, it's just – I don't know. For me, there's not a lot to say. We just looked like crap. We didn't, like – didn't feel like we were up for it, and like like I said, Middlesbrough wanted more. I, I just – no offense to you or Anthony, Sam, or the audience, but I'm like – I'm not saying it's open and shut, but it's like what I've said is pretty much what I'm going to say. It, it was just – aside from that, it's just overall frustrating. Yeah. We, I, we can't I do don't know two, what to add. To we, can't, we can't do two matches a week, so maybe this is good for us at least for the rest of the season – until we can add some depth to the squad, because with the who we cut loose, who had to be cut loose in the winter window, uh, we just don't have enough left to to play these matches. Um, if we're talking two a week, and um, and when we have some of these replays, I think we're going to struggle too. But, um, but maybe if we get to one a week, that we'll, we'll be able to be 
fit enough and uh, and strong enough to be able to get work out the results in, in Conte, and he'll have a full week to train with the squad, yeah. and maybe we can at least just get through this. I think that's that that's all we can hope for, and uh, that's the only saving grace of this uh, th- this match. I mean, I wanted to stay in the FA Cup, but realistically, whoever we were going to draw in the next round. Uh, and we'll see who Middlesbrough draws probably, I think, the draws tomorrow after the match is tomorrow. Uh, Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Thursday. But we'll we'll see who they eventually draw. And it's probably going to be somebody we would never get past anyway. So, um, so yeah, we went out earlier. Or, well, it could be cliche Spurs, though. Like, there's some times we made cup exits. And the next team, like the team that beats us, it's like some softball team in, like, championship or league one or a relegation battle team. So, you never know. I mean, of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I'm so, I mean, I'm just hope like, and I was looking because I'm going to for anybody that's in Milwaukee. I'm actually going to be in Milwaukee uh, the weekend after St. Patrick's Day, and we're supposed to play West Ham. And I saw West Ham's playing Southampton. I'm hoping West Ham are in the FA Cup. So that weekend is supposed to be FA Cup as well. So if West Ham wins, that game's going to be postponed. So I'm like, I'm kind of hoping West Ham loses just so we can spread out our games as well because in ge- like we've had like just the congestion we've had whether it be Christmas time or what or now it's just we we've seen some good things but there has been a lot of bad things as well. Yeah, the congestion has certainly killed us and um there's no other way around it that we just do yep. not have the depth to get through through it. Um, any final thoughts on this Middlesbrough before we go to MVP, LVP? Got nothing. Let's nothing. do MVP. We'll start with Sam. Um, just by virtue of like how it's going, I'm going to say um, Kulishevsky. He, he seemed to, even though he kind of you know backed out like towards extra time, he seemed to kind of want it more, created the more chances um, with his physicality and technique. And to me, it seems like the, the logical uh, real choice. I thought he was going to score a couple t- a couple times in this match, honestly. Yeah, I, there were some, some there. Like I thought his first touch was pretty poor in this one. I think this may have been one of his weaker performances since he's st- – begun starting for us but um but it's tough to pick anybody who do you have tommy for mvp yeah i don't sam i don't disagree with dayon i'm i actually chose dyer i thought he was the most offensively sound uh i mean looking at the stats Middlesbrough, they had a a hair bit better possession but like when they had their scoring chances it didn't look great but like if it did went in minus that one dyer did keep us in overall so i'll hand it to him yeah, uh, I'm having trouble picking anybody, but I think, uh, Tommy, you're right. Like, if I have to pick somebody, a defender that didn't make a, a critical error it would be Eric Dyer. Um, ben Davis looked okay at times, too, when he was uh, – I mean, yeah, he was fine. Moving forward, but nothing yeah. to write home about. Um, you know, I, I don't think uh, – our wing backs were terrible, just not good enough. 
But yeah, I think Dyer probably is my MVP as well. Let's go to LVP next and start, go back to Sam. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to go with uh, Romero in this one. I kind of I hold him responsible for the goal. Um, kind of overloading that side. He kind of let a guy get behind him, was playing someone onside and was overlapped easily. I mean, it can happen to anybody, but, you know, when a game is played this close, especially in extra time, you just can't let, let it happen. Yeah, I, I I would have to agree with you. He's my LVP. Tommy, do you have anybody different? Yes, I do. Um, I mean, Romero, I thought he looked fine minus that one blip, and it was a big blip. But, I am, yeah, I'm saying son, unfortunately. Again, love you, but, like – Everything he like, aside from his corners, thankfully they were better than Christian Eriksen's. But everything else, like his touches, his some of his passing was just terrible. And like I said, he's on this cold streak, and because of lack of depth, like we can't really replace him. Like, I mean, we'll talk about Everton, but I mean, I I wouldn't mind sitting him, putting him on the bench, and putting Bergvine in. Like, this is how bad it's become. I'm like, we kind of have like. And you know Conte, he's he didn't get where he's at by without stepping on somebody's toes. So I'm kind of hoping that gets a little ruthless and be like, hey, you're not playing so well. We kind of have to sit you. Nothing personal. We got to do what's best for the team. And like I, like I said, he in this I've said this in the past. The efforts there is just the execution of everything. It's just not good. And like I said, we all knew it comes with the territory. There's hot and cold spells with Sun and. Unfortunately, this is where we're at right now. No, good points there. Uh, yeah, I kind of have to. I, I I see where you're coming from, and quite frankly, like I thought that when Bergvine was in 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 extra time, he was he was in space, he was moving it forward, creating chances. His first touch was both his first and final touch. You know, left something to be desired, but there was a little bit more safe flair going forward when he was there. And, you know, it may be like we may be at a point where maybe like we're at home against Everton where maybe he should start instead of Sun. Sun kind of gets the message and then comes on in the second half and possibly wins the game for us. Well, and he's. He certainly looked knackered at the end of this game. And, oh, yeah. And I was surprised that he wasn't one of the players that came off. And I think it was only because of that one last little opportunity that that he, he had um, um, right towards the end that, that kept him on for a little bit longer, even when Dane Scarlett came on. I thought it was going to be some that came off, but he stayed on. Um, I think it might have been also to keep him on just in case it did go to penalties. Yeah, I Amen. guess it's that yeah, too. Exactly. Have can take penalties and his finishing. Yeah. Well, um, uh, any final thoughts on this before we preview the Everton match? No, I'm ready to move on. Okay. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do this pretty fast today. Um, so we do uh, our next match is Monday. So just a little bit of business. We are going to record again on Tuesday. Um, next week, we're going to record another live episode, but we're going to 
wait until after the Monday match happens and then come out a day late yet again next week. Uh, and then we'll return to our normal schedule. So we won't be, uh, you won't find us until uh, the Tuesday night, Wednesday morning will be when our next episode will be up again. Um, but uh, we, this uh, Monday, we are, uh, March 7th, we are taking on Everton at home. Uh, currently, they're 17th place in the league, so they are not doing very well right now with 22 points. That's six wins, four draws, and 14 losses. Uh, they did uh, lose at home to Man City um, this past Saturday. Um, they lost to Southampton prior to that. They did beat Leeds as well. They lost to Newcastle, beat Brentford. Uh, so they've had mixed performances. They um, they are taking on the F- um Bortemwood, or Bortemwood, Bormwood. I'm sorry, Bormwood, in the uh, FA Cup on uh, Thursday. Um, their top goal scorer right now is uh, uh, Damari Gray. Richarlison's up there as well. Dakari is their top-rated player and top assists uh, maker. And uh, we've drawn them the last two times. That we faced them, lost to them the two times prior to that, and we have to go back to uh, July 2020 to find the last time that we beat them. Um, but obviously, they're not doing very well right now. Um, we're not doing very well right now. This is a home match for us. Um, they're they're facing getting into that relocation zone actually, which is crazy for Everton, uh, which could make them uh, beat fighters in this one so how do you guys feel about this match i feel a little well i mean i hate frank lampard as much as the next person i hope even though he is was a talented player but in terms of management i mean they're fighting for their lives right now they're kind of in a free fall but that also makes them dangerous so I'm hoping that we can just run them over. I'm just, I mean, I'll, pro- I'll probably predict a win regardless because it's Everton. But I'm like, they, regardless, they still have a good, decent amount of core players. It's just Sam brought this up as a working title, but I'm like, will the real Spurs please stand up? If it's the one that we saw against Leeds United, you know, you know this will be good. But if it's somebody, if it's a team that played against like against Burnley and Middlesbrough, it's gonna be an ugly one. So which team will show up is the biggest question for me. Um, I'm is Oliver Skip even coming back yet? Uh, he was like two to three weeks when <laughs> okay. from the injury, so it's feasible. But I I wouldn't expect him to start. Okay. In well, this apparently Bencore is out for a few weeks as well. So I'm like, the biggest thing is. And British Rick has talked about this numerous times. Is of course our midfield. I mean, we. This is this can get ugly. So I'm like, I'm not even sure what kind of brand of football that Frank Lampard deploys out there. So it's, I don't. Can anybody tell me? Are I, they open or like attacking or it's kind of just like in the middle, more they've, defensive? They've been a mess from everything that I could see, but I haven't sat down and watched a okay. Everton match in a while. But okay, like it's it's kind of um, a mess because they're just they're going from very tough sides like City last week to uh, like a team like Leeds that they handled well. Um, 
because similar to us, they probably handle a team that's going to come after them a little bit better. But it's tough to say what we're going to see. I, I, I'm not really sure what the going strategy is at this point. Yeah, I am, you know, I'm not quite sure what to think of Everton at the moment. Um, you know, I, I would call them a team in transition, but in the situation they're in, they have to do something, you know, figure out who they are right away. Very much in the same way we do, only the difference is we know where we're, we're going to be in the Premier League next year, I, I feel. You know, we're competing for European spots. They're competing for just being in the Premier League, for crying out loud. That's, you know, a completely different spot, kind of similar to what we were at with Burnley. Um, Grant, you know, I do think Burnley, just because, you know, they've had the same manager for a while. They, they have a philosophy that they were a tougher opponent. And the fact that we're at home does help us out. But there is a potential nightmare scenario that this is a homecoming of sorts for one Deli Ali, um, guy that player that I love. Um, him, you know, I, you know, as far as I know, his performances were spectac weren't have not been spectacular so far for Everton, just like they haven't been spe- spectacular for a couple years for us. But I I kind of have like this nightmare scenario of him coming on and having a big game, not to mention they added on uh, Donny Van de Beek as well. Those are two decent attacking and creative additions for them who could possibly cause problems. I mean, I, I don't know. Like like I said before, will the real Spurs please stand up? Yeah, so I, I was actually Googling it. Apparently, he likes to be aggressive and press. So, that's I don't think it's to be as aggressive as like what Pochettino or Bielsa does. But um, the fact that they have Deli Ali and Donnie Van de Beek, you know, it's just... I still rate Van de Beek. His career at Man United, for now, has been kind of stop and start. Stop and go. So, it's just... He has the oh, what were you saying? Go ahead. Yeah, like, and I, I actually thought for a while he'd be an ideal Erickson replacement for oh, us. Yes. I, I believe, I believe, I still believe the talent is there for Donnie, and if he can kind of restart his career at or restart what he's doing at Everton and does well for this loan and goes back to Man U, you know, so be it. But um, based on what I just read, then. This game is probably going to be a little more open. So, in terms of the real Spurs standing up, I th- and based on what I read, I would be more inclined to believe that we should be able to beat them and the game would be more open. I mean, the, our back three, for the most part, is still defensively sound with Romero, Dyer, and Davis. Biggest issues, of course, is cent- can central midfield hold together? Can the wing backs do well? Um, attacking, like... Like I said with Sun, I'm like, I'm kind of hoping he's benched and we see Bergvine. Let's see, let's see a new fresh face because this, because in addition to that, we can there can be some depth to that. So, um, I think Dayon's probably going to start, and of course Harry's Harry's going to start. So, if 
if the attack is going to be firing on all cylinders with with or without Sun, or Sun actually breaks out of his cold spell and he does well against Everton, like, you know, we, I, I think a win is definitely feasible here right now. I hope so. Well, let's, let's roll that into your prediction, Tommy. I don't think we're going to shut them out just because, I mean, Leeds United, we shut them out. With a little bit of luck, but more or less we had control of the game. But, and for anybody that has been a fan for a while, I, <coughs> I kind of see Everton similar to West Ham back in, what, 01, 02, or 02, or 03. Like, they were really good, but they got relegated that year. So, like, Everton, they are, the on paper, they still have a lot of talent, whether it be Calvert-Lewin, um, Van, Donnie Van de Beek, Deli Ali, et cetera. Um, Jordan Pickford's, I still would say he's very suspect. I don't rate him as a great goalkeeper. I think he's kind of like the new wave of Joe Hart uh, type of goalkeepers where they're probably more – they're masked by the defense being good and he just being bang-up average. So um, because of that, I'll be optimistic and say we win 3-1 – I'll say Kane has two and Dayon gets one. Okay. Uh, how about you, Sam? Yeah, like after you mentioned like Lampard's style, I do feel a little bit more optimistic in this. Um, I also think 3-1. I, and I'll, I'll predict the same scoreline as you did. Uh, Kane gets two. Um, Kulu gets the other one. Um. And I think um, it's we're up three 0 at the time. I'm not going to be here at the pub at the time. Delhi's not going to start, but he'll come on at some point just for because Lampard will just say, "Hey, might as well give him a run out as former ground." Um, we we all starts every, everyone starts singing his song, and he ends up getting a goal. So. I, you know, at that, at that point, you know what? I won't be. I'll, 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 I'll just take the piss there and, and just laugh if, if yeah. that happens. I mean, I, that's the other thing. Like, I want him. I have nothing against him. I, I just think his mind's somewhere else, or he's got going has some issues going on, whatever. But I'm like, he left the club with dignity. I'm like Berbatov and Modric. You know, they can fuck off. But like, regardless of that, like, I still want Deli Ali to do well, and hopefully, you know, his career can get restarted again. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, for me, I'm not as optimistic as you guys. I, I think this is a team that gives us trouble, um, and despite the fact that I think that the style of the play should match up well for us, I just don't see it going well. I'm going to say it's a 2-2 draw. Um, we get a goal from Kane, and we get a goal from Decky as w- well, but... Um, but we just can't get it across the line. It's only a point, and we're in a really bad position in the league uh, afterwards. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up the episode? Um, you know, like I said, you know, you, you know, we are still much in transition. You know, what, what we see right now may be a different product come August um so you know this season's not entirely lost but 
let's all just root for the best possible outcome at this point. Yeah, and I think that's really all we've got at this point in, in hope that that summer window is good, that, that, that we stay high enough up that we can at least draw some of the talent that Conte wants um, and hope that the purse strings do open up and that we're willing to raise salaries across the board to, to bring in and keep the players that we need to keep to make this next season a success. Um, I think it becomes about next season is kind of where we've hit in this season unfortunately. Um, but I think that about wraps up the episode. So thank you so much to Tommy and Sam for being on today. Uh, thanks to Tommy for editing it in sound tonight, or actually me for sound, Charlie for the music, uh, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo. And as always the Atlantic bar and grill for the use of the recording space, hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes. If you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get podcasts, check us out on both Spotify and Stitcher. Uh, and check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>